you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. This is Alan Griffith, your host for episode 39 of By the Book. Glad you're listening today. We're talking about really an extremely important subject, and that is marriage. You know, marriage and family is the basic unity unit of a society. Our society is in such deep trouble. We are moving so quickly the wrong direction. And it's all about the rejection of God, the rejection of his word, the rejection of his truth. And so what that means, you and I are not going to change the world, but you and I need to stand before the world as a testimony for Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again Christian today, you need to have that in your heart. You want to be salt and light in a corrupting world. We're not going to win everybody. Maybe we can win some. And one of the ways we win people is for them to see the difference that Jesus Christ makes in our life and especially in our marriage, in our family. And that's why we're focusing on marriage uh, over these last weeks and today. And we've been talking to the ladies We've been talking to the men. We've been going back and forth. And we're going to come to what will probably be our closing message on this topic for now. Uh, We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. That's where we ended last time. And I want to emphasize this. I want to emphasize that men are the key to success in the family. Men are the key to success. And we need men who will step up and stand up and say, I want to be the husband that God teaches me to be. I want to be the dad that God teaches me to be. I want to be that testimony where people can see Christ in me and then see Christ in our family. So no perfect husbands, no perfect wives, no perfect marriages, no perfect families. But you and I need to keep coming back to the Word of God and measuring ourselves by what the Bible says. If we measure ourselves against other people, which some tend to do, like, well, I know this, I'm a better husband than he is, or our marriage is better than theirs is, uh, there's no victory in that. Uh, We cannot measure ourselves against someone and come out on top or seemingly come out on the bottom because that's not the issue. It's not a matter of whether I'm better or worse than somebody else. The challenge is for you and me to come back, and this is for every area of life, to come back to this. What does the Bible say? How am I measuring up to what it says? And the Bible speaks. It speaks very, very clearly about marriage and family, and it speaks very, very clearly to us men. So I want to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 as we get underway in this episode. Let me read it to you. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. 
Now, we've talked about the, the latter part of that verse. And today, I want to focus our attention on the first part of the verse, where it says this, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them. That's a reference to, the, to your wife. Dwell with your wives, husbands, according to knowledge. So this is a challenge to, to the men and their wives. And the challenge is for a man to live with his wife according to knowledge. The challenge is to know her, to know her. Now, I might have mentioned last time, and uh, I'm serious about it when I talk about this, but nowhere in the Bible is the wife ever told to dwell with her husband according to knowledge. And I believe the reason for that is that God has put into women an understanding of men far much more than he has put into men an understanding of women. And whether we like it or not, our wives understand us. Uh, they know how we function. They understand a lot of the things that, that we do and why we do them, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to tell you something. I have yet to find a man who would say, yeah, and I understand my wife too. No, I've never found that man. And I am not that man. And that's why God gives us the exhortation. You don't do this naturally. You don't get this naturally, but you need to work at it. If you have a wife, God says you have a good thing. Peter says you need to dwell with her according to knowledge. You need to know her. You need to understand her. Let me illustrate a little bit. Your wife, someone has said, and I picked up on it a long time ago, your wife typically is a nester. What's that mean? Well, that means that her home is important to her. That's her nest. That's uh, typically her, her dwelling place. That's her territory. Uh, that's very important to her in a lot of ways. Uh, how it looks, how it's decorated, all those kinds of things. Men don't generally care about those things. My wife, probably like yours, if you're married, has things all over the house. She's got pictures and plaques and candles and sconces and I don't know what all. And I'm happy for her to have it, but quite frankly, I really don't care much about it. Now, I appreciate it. I appreciate going into a room and seeing it nicely decorated and so on. But you know, we don't need any more of that stuff. And I'm not interested in that stuff. She is, she'll get more. That's great. But you see, that's, that's her nest. And a man needs to be sensitive to that and realize, hey, her home is very important to her. And therefore, I need to seek to accommodate her and her needs and her wants, because that's, again, that's important to her. Uh, the Bible says that the wise woman buildeth her house, the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. If you have a wise woman, she looks at her house and she sees that as, again, her territory. She creates an atmosphere in that home with her decorations, with her cleaning, with her care, with the music she plays, whatever. All that's very important to her. Understand your wife understand the things that matter to her. 
We've seen in our discussion through Scripture uh, that women typically are more emotional than men. They have some emotional challenges. Uh, One of them we saw in Genesis 3.16, the woman with her will. She has a tendency toward willfulness. God created her to be the helper because of sin. Sometimes she wants to be in charge. And I want to tell you, I've seen ladies who were in charge of their home. You have too. And they're not happy ladies. Uh, They might be calling the shots. They might be making the decisions. Uh, I remember one lady, boy, she went out of her way to make you think she had to ask her husband. She had to check with her husband, but everybody knew she was going to tell her husband. But you know, the wife struggles with this challenge of submission and subjection. So there's a willfulness there. Well, sir, you need to understand that so you can minister to her. Uh, A wife tends to be fearful, especially when it comes to submitting to the leadership of her husband. She sees her husband, he makes mistakes, he does things wrong, he doesn't think the way she does, he doesn't get counsel, he's not a man of prayer, he's not a student of the Bible. All those things uh, create a greater and greater fear in her, and often that's what gets in the way of a lady saying, I want to submit to my husband, I want him to be the the, the leader. She battles with that. But again, these ladies often battle with those things because of the failure of us, the men, the leaders. Uh, Women tend to be close to their parents. Again, not always. But Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24, at the very beginning of time, the very beginning of, of marriage and family, God said, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, it never says, the Bible never says, therefore shall a woman leave her father and mother and cleave unto her husband. I want to make it clear what we're talking about. Certainly, there is a physical leaving. There should be. Dangerous if a young couple gets married and they live with parents. There's a leaving. You go and you establish your, your new family, your new home, your new life. That's great. But The man sees himself, properly so, as the head of this new home. Uh, Woe unto the man who doesn't break ties with his parents in the sense of them controlling, uh, them exercising authority over him. No, he has to stand or fall before God. But often a lady will maintain a very, very close relationship with her parents, and especially her mother after she gets married. So she's calling her mom. She's talking to her mom. She's getting advice from her mom. Sometimes men get frustrated with that. Don't. That's part of it. Let her have that close relationship. Now, that often turns into things like, uh, you know, where you go on holidays. Well, often you you go to your wife's family for the holidays. And again, that's okay. A man's Parents might get upset, aren't you ever coming to our house? Well, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But that's the way the lady is. She wants to be with her family. Well, understand that. If if a man doesn't understand that, then there will be struggles and battles for a long time in, in their family and in their marriage. I often tease about this, but it's true. <clears throat> a wife is a hinter. She will not always come out and tell you what she wants, but she will, she'll drop hints. She'll, she'll make suggestions. She'll say, 
oh, how wonderful it would be if, and she's not telling you she wants that, but if, if you and I are, are listening and picking up the hints, and that's what we need to do, then we can understand, hey, what, what are her desires? What would she like to do? Where would she like to go? What might she like to buy? Whatever it might be. She's a hinter. And then I, I think of women as being, and I want to clarify this, more romantic than their husbands. <clears throat> and what I want to mean, uh, what I want to say about that is this, that, that a man can be very romantic, very attentive uh, before the marriage. And uh, the man wants to give his uh, fiance or his girlfriend, you know, gifts and buy things for her and take her places and all that kind of thing. And then many times when the marriage takes place, that, that all ends for him, but it doesn't end for her. I often talk about, you know, say a birthday card or an anniversary card. Men don't care about cards. At least I don't. And I don't find many, if any, who do. Like, no, I don't care about a card. You don't have to give me a card. As a matter of fact, I can think of asking, you know, how much did you spend for that card, honey, please? You don't have to spend $6 for a card, that kind of thing. But, you know, those things are important to a lady. Cards matter. Gifts matter. Notes matter. Uh, words matter. Tender words. Loving words. All those things. A wife thrives on those things. A man doesn't. A man thrives on his, his career and his business and his goals and whatever it might be out there. But a wife thrives best under the loving and tender care of her husband. So those are just some things that uh, commonly, I think, can be seen and understood with regard to the husband and his wife. And this challenge of the husband, dwell with your wife according to knowledge. And then I want to add this. There are many things that are common among women, and there are many things common among men. But at the same time, each of us are unique. And if you're the man listening today, I want to tell you something. Your wife is unique. She is a lady, so she's got those things that are common with other ladies. But she's your wife. She has personal needs, personal goals personal struggles. She has a lot of things that make her who she is. And the wise man will give attention to those things and say, I want to know her. I want to understand her. I want to be able to minister to her. And you and I cannot minister to our wives, care for our wives, if we don't understand her burdens and her challenges and her desires. Let me tell you something. Marriage is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. When we get married, it is God who takes us and makes us one. We are one before him. We are one flesh. But then we need to work hard to live out that oneness in a, a loving unity where we're ministering to each other, caring for each other, strengthening that relationship every day, caring about the other person, marriage. Again, it's a lot of work, and a lot of people are not willing to pay the price. And often the one 
not willing to pay the price, especially, is the man. Lots of things to do, lots of places to go, lots of things to take our attention. Listen, if you lose your wife, you lose everything. It doesn't matter how successful you may or may not be in the business world. If you lose your wife, you lose everything. And so men need to take their eyes off of themselves and put their eyes first on the Lord and then next on their wife. You know, one of the challenges we talked about for us men is to to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And what that involves is, is sacrifice, the sacrifice of ourselves for our wives. And I want to challenge you to think about that. Think about ministering to her, meeting her needs, sacrificing what you might want to do or where you might want to go in order to minister to her. You know, the Bible tells the man to love his wife, even as Christ loved the church. Sacrifice. You as a man are the God-appointed leader of your marriage and of your home. As the leader, you might do whatever you want to do, but the wise man will not do that. The wise man will say, oh, I know I could do certain things, but I'm going to take a hard look at this lady that God has given to me, and I want to pour my life into her. I want to minister to her. Let me call your attention to First Peter, or excuse me, First Timothy chapter three. Paul is giving the qualifications there for a man who's going to enter the ministry. But what he says has a powerful message for all men. Of the one who would be in the ministry, it says this, that he is, and I'm in First Timothy three and verse four, he is to be one that ruleth well his own house. Sir, do you rule your house well? Now, the key is understanding that term ruleth. That's not dictatorial rule. This is a term, I think the term is proistemi. It is a term that speaks of one who leads, but he leads by his testimony. He leads by his example. He leads because he is one who is worthy to be followed. Now, that's what you want in a pastor. You don't want a dictator as a pastor. You want a man who has a vision to to serve God, and and you kind of catch that vision. And that's why you can honor him as your pastor, your shepherd. and, And that's the wise pastor. By the same token, the man, the head of his home, he's not the dictator. He's one who communicates to his family, I love God. I love you. I want to walk with God. I want to serve God. I want to live for God. I want to have a a home that honors God. Uh, I want to worship God. And then he's communicating to his wife and to his kids, catch that vision. Catch my vision of living for the Lord. Come and walk with me and follow me as I serve him. That's the man who rules his own house well. You know, men, uh, we're leaders. Sometimes men don't lead. They really don't lead. Uh, I've had men say to me, well, she won't let me lead. Bless your heart, man, lead. Be the leader, but be the leader for God. I wish men 
would really get hold of the idea of leading their family in the worship of God. Now, some people don't appreciate this, but I believe, for instance, that a family ought to be in church when the doors are open. I believe a family ought to be in church for Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, special meetings if possible, whatever it might be, because that is a testimony from a dad that says, we put God first. We're not letting other things get in the way. This is priority for us. And the man who sets that standard is the man who will win his family. Now, I've often said this, you know, a lady, a lady could say to her family, from now on, we're going to church all the time. And a husband might say, well, honey, maybe that's you, but don't you talk for me. And a lady may or may not be able to get her children to do that. But I want to tell you, if a man who lives for God stands before his family and says, now listen, from now on, we're going to worship God. We're going to be in church when the doors are open. That man will lead his family. They'll follow him. Where is the man who will lead his family in a godly way, who will lead his wife in a godly way, who will live such a life that he will be worthy to be followed? His wife will say, I want to follow him. I want to catch his vision. Children, I, I want to be like my dad. I want to love God the way my daddy loves God. Oh, that's what we need. And if those kinds of men will stand up for Jesus Christ, stand up before their family and give that kind of testimony and set that kind of example, I'll tell you what, it will change homes and it will change churches. And it might even have great impact uh, for the cause of Christ, the gospel cause, that other people might say, you know something, that man, that marriage, that family, that's got something I want. And they may be drawn to Christ because of it. Marriage, what an experience. Not always easy, but wow, it can be a wonderful blessing. God designed it. God ordained it. Uh, God tells us how it works. And if we'll do it his way, again, no perfect men, no perfect wives, but if we'll do it his way, we'll put ourselves in a place where he can bless us. That's what we need. God bless you.